What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and I've got a special episode for you today. Every episode is special, so I don't really need to say that, but I'm going to talk about something that is the gold standard. I'm pretty sure that I've discussed this before, but yet everybody wants this magical result, especially because it's January, it's New Year, it's 2022. And we've got our eyes set on some brand new targets. But yet we keep coming back to the to the gold standard, which is how do I build muscle and lose body fat at the same time? The the body recomposition goal that everybody wants so desperately. I'm gonna break it all down for you in this episode. Before I get into that, I also have an announcement. Today, as I'm recording this, it's the official open enrollment period for the next Neurotype Challenge. I highly recommend that you jump in. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to say that if you have goals, if you want to learn how to make sustainable progress, we have literally been batting a 1,000 for the last three challenges. Every single person, it's crazy, every single person who has joined one of the last three challenges and finished the challenge, not being perfect, just starting and finishing has accomplished their goals. 100% starting and finishing. So it seems pretty logical that if you have goals, if you want to achieve something, that you would join this free opportunity. Totally free. You don't have to put up, pull out a credit card. You don't have to pay anything. There is no upsell. There is literally just a registration page. You put in your name, your email, and I think maybe phone number, something like that, and you join, and that's it. Now, just because there's a very low barrier of entry does not mean that you should just blindly go into this and say like, all right, cool, it's free, so I'm just going to join. There's also a $1,000 cash prize, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot on the line. We do weekly prizes. We give away AirPods. We give away Apple Watches. We give away Fitbits, Aura Rings. Like Literally, we give away a lot of cool shit. And of course, at the end, we give away a grand prize of $1,000 cash. That's still not a reason to just blindly jump in. You have to ask yourself if you are ready to commit to something sustainable, if you're ready to play the long game. Even though it's only a four-week challenge, I will challenge you to think big picture, to play the long game, to stop chasing fast results. I will challenge you to break down some of your pre-existing beliefs, to tell yourself a different story than the one that you've been telling yourself for so long. So this is more of a commitment to doing things differently than it is to anything else. And sometimes that can be scary. Sometimes change can be scary. It can be intimidating. And if you want to stay in your comfort zone and stay nice and cozy in your comfort zone and not do anything different and stay the same and not make progress, that is 1000% your call. That's your choice. I can't take that from you. Nobody can take that from you, but you always have options. So if you want the option of joining the challenge, you simply go to neurotypechallenge.com. So neurotypechallenge.com, like I said, it's totally free. You don't have to pull out a credit card. You don't have to pay me anything except your commitment. Now, when I say your commitment, I don't expect you to be perfect. In fact, I will tell you on day one of the challenge, I will tell everybody who joins the challenge, I will say something along the lines of, your failure is inevitable. I just, we just ripped the band aid off right out, right out of the gates. 
Failure is inevitable. And not only that, but we're going to celebrate it. We're, we're going to embrace failure. It's okay. It's going to happen. Everybody fails. It's necessary. You want to know why? Because success can't exist without failure. Perfection is not a real thing. It's not a real target. So I'm going to help you to create sustainable change, sustainable results, sustainable progress. But if you're not ready for that, that's okay. So sign up at Neurotype Challenge if you are ready to think differently, if you are ready to act differently. I have a really cool uh, little framework that I'm going to use for this next challenge that will help with um, showing up for yourself. One of the biggest challenges that we have as, as humans is that we easily break promises to ourselves. There's statistics on this, the likelihood of, of an individual breaking a promise to somebody else versus breaking a promise to themselves, way more likely to break a promise to yourself. We almost, it almost becomes habitual. We make a promise and, and we just immediately write it off because nobody was there to witness it except for you. So it's just you versus you. So it's very easy to break those promises. And I have a really cool framework that I'm going to be showing you guys for the next challenge that will get you out of that habit and into a new habit of keeping the promises that you make for yourself. And it kind of has, has this carryover effect, which is really powerful, where you start showing up for yourself, you start making promises and, and closing the gap, most importantly, from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, something that I'm excited to roll out. It's not going to seem like a big deal to those who have been around the group for a while who understand kind of our methodology, kind of on brand with what we do. But if you're new, if you've never done one of our challenges before, or even if you've done one in the past and you haven't done one lately, uh, we have leveled up in many ways. So this is a way too long of an intro, but join the challenge, neurotypechallenge.com um, and share it. You know, share with your friends, family, whoever would benefit from this. Just send them the page, get them in the group, get them listening to the podcast. Most importantly, like this is where all of the gold is shared. Like this is where where I drop insider info. Let me lay you. I let you guys play insider baseball. Like this is the best spot to be. So if you can spread the news, share with a friend, take a screenshot of this episode, post it to your stories and tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And then if you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, it will absolutely help the show continue to grow. And now we can get into why you're here in the first place, because you probably want to build some muscle and lose some body fat. So I'm going to get into that right now. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys, I'm live with another Monday night edition of the podcast, which typically publishes on the actual podcast around Wednesday, which is important to understand the dates because I have something somewhat of an announcement here. Um, if you've been paying attention in the group or if you're on my email list or if you follow me on Instagram or wherever, um, hopefully you know by now that the enrollment is open for the Neurotype Challenge. I'm not going to go into all of the details. You can check out the group, email, whatever, to learn more about it. You can go to neurotypechallenge.com and you can get all the information you need. It's totally free. Now, there is a $1,000 cash prize to the winner of the challenge. Everybody who registers is eligible to win. So $1,000 cash prize is pretty nice for four weeks of work. Um, that's, that's pretty decent for, uh, for winning the challenge. But 
One of the things that I really want to make a focal point for this year is rewarding early action takers. Because I've noticed, and, and I've just, throughout my experience and in, in my time on this earth and a lot of like the, the reflections that I, I'm, I'm somewhat of an introspective person. I, I'm always thinking, uh, my mind never stops. Um, it's, it's probably exhausting for Melanie. You can confirm with her if it's exhausting to have to deal with the million directions that my brain goes in any given day. But one of the things that I've come back to is that it's really difficult to take action on anything, even when it's something that you really, really want. People have a hard time getting over the fear of taking action. And our brains, we're, we're basically hardwired to stay safe, right? The, the primary function of our body and of our brain is to keep us alive. So change and uncertainty sometimes feels like a threat to that homeostatic balance. And your, your mind will start telling you all of these reasons why you shouldn't do something. It's really challenging to, to make a change, to get uncomfortable, to do something that scares you. And so I am really trying to double down on my efforts to reward early action takers because I know how difficult that can be. Um, I've actually been in that position very recently where I've wanted to make a decision on something and I just can't get myself to do it, even though I know it's the right thing to do. Now, I'm also somebody who backs up what I talk about. So I am doing something, a different thing that's a little bit uncomfortable, which I will go into more detail. Um, I'm actually in the middle or just started, I shouldn't say I'm in the middle, just started a new detox program, which may seem counter to everything that we talk about on here. But this is something that I've had preconceived notions about that I wanted to try for myself before I place judgment or before I, I say anything um, I want it to be from a place of experience. So it does make me uncomfortable. I have to do things that are way outside of my comfort zone, but I am doing it because I want to learn, I want to evolve, and I want to get better. And I know that there's going to be a lot of takeaways from this experience. So I back up the same things that I tell you, which is it's really difficult to make a change, but sometimes you really have to just do it. You have to take action. You have to get uncomfortable. You have to do the things that scare you. So I'm saying all of this because I have an opportunity to reward early action takers for the challenge. What I'm going to do is that by Wednesday of this week, so right now I'm recording this on January 3rd, by the end of day, January 5th, meaning my time zone, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, the 5th, if you register for the challenge, neurotypechallenge.com. If you register for the challenge before that date, if you win the challenge, I will double your prize. So you will get $2,000 instead of $1,000. So I have a list of everybody who registers. I can see exactly when you signed up. So when I print out all of the results and I pick a winner, I will look at your registration date. If it is dated before Thursday, the 6th, if it is dated before Thursday, the 6th, and you win, you get $2,000 instead of $1,000. Now, it may not seem like a big deal, but I think that for simply signing up for something for free, as an early action taker, it's worth the reward, right? When you look at you know risk reward here, what's the risk in signing up early? There is none. It's free. You can join right away. No risk, but high reward, the potential to double your prize if you win. 
Um, that's all I'm going to say about it, but I thought it was a cool opportunity for early action takers to jump in. If you win and you register before Thursday the 6th, then you will get double the prize. You'll get 2000 So if you have any questions about the challenge, you can ask them in the Facebook group um, or just go to neurotypechallenge.com and get yourself registered. And uh, we start next Sunday is the kickoff call. Sunday night kickoff call. Monday is the official start date, Monday the 10th. Um, I'm super excited because this one, I know I say this every time, but I've delivered every time. This will be our best one yet. I have a new framework for helping you show up for yourself that is going to be really powerful that we're all going to go through. So anyway, you're here because you want to learn how to build muscle and lose body fat, which is the gold standard of body composition. A lot of people are like, well, I want to get leaner. And when they say they want to get leaner, they're talking about a combination of both building muscle and losing body fat. If you just like, sometimes people make the assumption that it's just fat loss that they want, but then they lose a bunch of fat and they don't look the way that they want, which happened to me. I lost a bunch of weight and I was like, man, I still don't look very good because I was skinny fat. I didn't have any muscle. So when I lost weight, I just looked like a a deflated flatter version of myself until I built muscle. And I realized that was the look. It wasn't just fat loss that I was going for. It was, it was recomp. I wanted more muscle on my frame. I wanted to be able to, you know, actually look fit and not just like somebody who was, you know, uh, probably couldn't do anything functional. Like sometimes um, like, like Mel and I had to carry a treadmill the other day and we're both relatively strong. So we were able to carry it without any issues. Like those are the, the functional fitness type of activities that I like to be able to do. I needed muscle to be able to do that. And so this is exactly why um, we need to understand how these changes happen. Like, how do these changes really occur? Because again, I think that there's just a lot of misunderstanding and misconceptions about the process of building muscle and losing body fat, especially when you're trying to do it simultaneously. Uh, Because if we break this down to, to its most simplest form, which I am a big believer, by the way, I'm a big believer that the simplest answer is often the correct one. Not always, but often. I like to work my way up the ladder. And what I mean by that is, let's say somebody comes to me with some, you know, serious symptoms. Uh, Let's say they are thinking like there's some hormonal issues going on. There's some adrenal issues going on. Maybe there's some autoimmune conditions, like some complex stuff that, you know, they've been struggling with. I like to start from the the bottom of the ladder, which is the the most basic answer. And typically the most basic answer is some combination of like, let's improve nutrition quality, maybe the amount that you're eating. Let's take some some, uh, stress off of your system. Let's reduce some systemic inflammation. Like let's take the basics, like some, some movement, some hydration, some food quality, reducing stress. And like, let's see if that most simplest answer is the answer. Right. And then we can work up our, you know, from the ladder of complexity to be like, okay, well, then maybe we need to look at some more advanced stuff. Then maybe we need to look at blood work. Then maybe we need to look at uh, some of these different protocols that may be targeted towards a autoimmune condition or a hormonal condition or things like that. So I like to work my way up, but oftentimes you'll find that the answer is really quite simple. So I like to start there. When it comes to building muscle, we're going to start with building muscle. We have to understand that all change, all change happens the same way. There has to be a stimulus first before we adapt and actually change. 
That goes for anything. It's not just building muscle. It's not just losing fat. It's every single process of change. There has to be some kind of a stimulus for change to occur. We have to adapt to something, right? Because if there's nothing to adapt to, then we're not going to change. There has to be a reason to adapt. So when you think about building muscle, the reason to adapt is the stimulus of lifting weights. Now that can be one form. And I'm going to get a little bit into the, the rabbit hole of different stimuli that you can utilize to trigger that adaptation. But at the very you know, bottom of that ladder, the bottom of the ladder of complexity is just the simple solution of we have to elicit some kind of a stimulus, which we then recover from and adapt to be able to get the response that we want. If you think about on the other side of the coin, you have fat loss. The stimulus is a reduction in energy. It's, it's basically manipulating the energy equation, energy balance. So you're burning more energy than you're consuming. That's the stimulus. And your body, you hope, adapts by reducing body fat because body fat is stored energy. So you're pulling, mobilizing that stored energy, using it as fuel. And that's the hoped, like that's what, that's what people hope is, is the outcome. doesn't always work like that because with complex systems, we have mechanisms to prevent certain things from changing in a linear fashion, which is why most people end up shooting themselves in the foot because they only eat less, move more as a, as a means to dropping body fat. But that's a whole different topic. Um, at, at the very bottom of the pyramid with, with muscle building, we have to elicit a response. We have to uh, create a stimulus. Now, in the beginning, when you are first brand new to training, the stimulus is actually neurological efficiency. So when you are doing something new, a movement pattern that's relatively new, like you put a barbell on your back for the very first time and your body has never felt that before, your brain has never felt that before, all of a sudden your neurons start trying to communicate with each other. Your, your brain is trying to communicate with the rest of your body. Your nervous system is activated and it's trying to figure out what's the most efficient path forward for this movement to accomplish this movement. Typically in the beginning, it's going to be pretty inefficient because it's new. So your neurons, your, you know, your muscle fibers aren't going to really be in sync. Um, your neurons are trying to figure it out. Your brain's trying to figure it out. But you become adapted to that stimulus relatively quickly. The more reps that you do, the more efficient you become at that movement pattern. And that will elicit a adaptation. That's where we get the newbie gains. The newbie gains are great because it's not really a product of how much you're lifting. It's literally just a product of becoming more efficient. Your, your nervous system is becoming more efficient at that movement pattern. But then we get more advanced. And then we see a challenge with people who are more advanced often have a really hard time building muscle. The longer that you've been in the game, the longer that you've been putting in rep after rep after rep for years, sometimes decades, it can be pretty challenging to create enough of a stimulus to elicit a response. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you're going to the gym and you're just kind of going through the motions and you're not really challenging yourself, 
nothing is going to change when it comes to building muscle. If you're lifting weights that are pretty light, if they're easy for you, if you've been doing the same weights for a while, uh, your body is, is pretty well adapted to that already. Our bodies are, are, are adaptation machines, right? So once you've been doing the same workout style, the same training, lifting the same amount of weight, and your body adapts to it, um, then it becomes increasingly more difficult to elicit that stimulus to, to create change, to create that adaptation. So we have to challenge our muscles. We have to challenge our body. We have to either create a new stimulus or continue to push. Now, that doesn't mean that every day you should be going into the gym trying to set a PR. In fact, that's a quick way to not build muscle because the trick is we actually build muscle during the recovery process. So that's one part of the equation, which is you need the stimulus, but then you need the proper environment and um, you need the proper feedback for recovery, meaning we need enough calories. We need enough rest. We need enough um, stress management. We need our nervous system to calm down, to actually go into rebuild mode. Uh, we, we need these things to happen if we're going to change. So what I see oftentimes is a lot of people who will go the like more is better route and they'll continue to push and continue to push, but they're missing out on the recovery piece. They're not allowing their body to recover. I always use the analogy, like when you are training and you're training hard, you're digging yourself a ditch. You're, you're like trying to build, right? We're building muscle. So think of it like building a house and you're, you're digging into the ground so that you can lay the foundation of that house. However, we need to build higher, right? Like that would be the foundational level, but we want levels to the house. We want to go and, and build the basement. Then we want to build the first floor. When you skimp on recovery, when you ignore recovery, you spend all of your time just trying to get that ground uh, filled back up and you never build anything on top of that. You're, you're cutting your recovery time in, you know, into uh, shorter increments when you constantly go, go, go. So like you push really hard, your body starts to starts the recovery process. You don't give it enough fuel and then you try to push the gas pedal again. And now you keep digging even further. And next thing you know, you're, you're building in the wrong direction. And then you're like, well, why am I busting my ass? And I don't have any muscle to show for it. Well, that's why. And then there's the other side of it, which is people who go to the gym and they don't push hard enough where they're not lifting heavy enough. They're not challenging themselves. They're just going through the motions. They're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to do these squats. So I'm just going to do the weight that's easiest for me, uh, maybe because it's a fear of getting hurt or uh, a lack of comfort with the movement. Again, this is where practicing um, movement patterns and, and becoming proficient at the workouts that you're doing is important, which doesn't happen overnight. We have to give ourselves a grace period to learn just like anything else. So it's amazing when we see new people at the gym, especially this time of year, it's so encouraging. It's motivating when you see people who are like, I'm showing up for the first time. Um, what I wish I could tell all of them, which I wouldn't, cause I just keep to myself, but it is don't push too fast. Like take it slow, learn, these movement patterns and feel comfortable. And then you'll get to a point where you can start to really push and challenge yourself. Now, for those of you who are a little bit more advanced, um, I want to share something that I think is really powerful to just kind of maybe help you think about this differently. Because a lot of times we, we think linearly, like our brain tries to make sense of things in a linear fashion. So oftentimes 
people are like, well, progressive overload is the way that you build muscle and progressive overload is simply just lifting more volume over time, which is just one way to progressively overload. But think about if you, if you constantly lift more volume over time, that becomes a slippery slope in like a couple of years. Like where, where do you go from there when you've gotten your volume so high that you can no longer recover, recover from it? So volume is just one lever that we can pull. And it's often the one that has the most consequences because more volume equals more recovery. Now, if you're somebody who consistently undereats, that's going to be difficult because if you increase your volume and you're not also increasing the energy coming in, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage of actually getting the, the, the response that you want of, of eliciting that change. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go over something that was not shared by me. This was done by um, Brett Contreras, and it was then shared by Dr. Brad Schoenfeld. Um, both of them are way smarter than I am. But I thought that this was great to help illustrate the fact that creating a new stimulus and challenging your muscles does not mean you have to PR every day. It does not mean that you have to increase your volume every week, that we have different pathways of getting this response. So the first thing that I want you to remember is, yes, you have to show up at the gym with intent and focus and actually push yourself, but we have different mechanisms and different levers we can pull. So what Brett Contreras showed is that progressive overload can be accomplished by the intensity of the load, meaning you're doing the same amount of weight. Um, I'm sorry, you're doing more weight with the same number of reps. So that would be like, all right, um, I did bicep curls. I'm just going to stick with bicep curls because, you know, that's my preference. I don't like lower body workouts. Um, so if I did 10 reps with 50 pounds, uh, you know, 50 pound dumbbells. And then I did 10 reps with like 52 and a half or 55 pound dumbbells. That would be increasing the intensity of the load. Then we have the intensity of the effort, which would be the same load and the same reps with a lower um, rate of perceived exertion. So basically you're pushing yourself to a, a higher intensity or higher effort set over set. So you're making it increasingly more difficult um, based off of effort. Then we have volume, which would just be increase in repetition. So it can be more reps with the same load. So if I do 10 reps with my 50 pound dumbbells, then I'm doing 12 reps with the 50 pound dumbbells. That's, that's increase in volume. Um, it can be volume with sets. So the same thing, but it's more sets with the same load and the same number of reps. So if it's, you know, one day was three sets, the next next week was four sets, that would be an increase in volume. Then we have an increase in range of motion. So if we take the same load and the same reps, but we increase the range of motion on the movement, that can create the stimulus of progressive overload. Then we also have form, which would be your actual technique where you don't change the amount that you're lifting. You don't change the amount of reps that you're lifting. You just improve your technique with the same movement. Again, that comes from neurological efficiency with movement patterns. When you master the technique, um, it, can also, it can also come from actually recruiting the correct muscles. So if your technique is off, 
you might not be recruiting the correct muscles. When you improve your technique, now all of a sudden those muscles are firing the way that they're supposed to, and you can see change that way. Um, improvement in mind-muscle connection. So if you're increasing the squeeze or the tension that you're placing on a muscle, so like if you think about flexing your biceps without weight, if you were to flex as hard as you can without weight, you could make it really challenging. Um, if you took an empty barbell and you started curling it and you focused on, you know, if you just started curling an empty barbell as many reps as you possibly could, you'd probably get a decent amount of reps in. If you squeeze the hell out of that barbell and flex your biceps and, and pump them as much as you can while you're doing those reps, you're going to get to failure a lot quicker. So improvement in mind-muscle connection. Um, time can also be another one, which I would refer to as density, but you get the same volume in, but you do it in less time. Um, and then they have other advanced methods like drop sets, cluster sets, pause, um, different advanced techniques that can stimulate your muscles in a different manner. Now, these are all different ways to create the stimulus necessary to actually change your body. If you're trying to build muscle, it's important to understand this. And I think that there's this, this misconception. Hopefully, we've put this to bed by now, but a lot of times, um, especially with women, They'll be like, well, you know, I really, I love to lift, but I just don't want to get bulky. And I think that when you understand how this, how quote unquote bulk actually happens, you don't have to worry about it because it takes a lot of work over a long period of time. Building muscle is really slow and it's really challenging. And you also have to match that effort and intensity and challenging yourself at the gym with your nutrition to, to facilitate the recovery, to make sure you're eating enough. So if you're under eating and you know, you're worried about bulking up, um, that this is not a, this is not a reason to go under eat. What I'm trying to say is that you don't have to worry about pushing yourself with your weights and, and worrying that like overnight you're going to get bulky. Typically people get bulky when they gain body fat and muscle. That's oftentimes the case. When you say you want to be leaner, you want to be more toned, you want to look more athletic, that's usually a combination of more muscle and less body fat. So it's nothing to worry about. Uh, when you start to understand how difficult it really is to build an appreciable amount of muscle, um, there's nothing to worry about when it comes to challenging yourself. As long as you are being safe, as long as you know proper form and technique, that's why I think sometimes it helps to just, um, you know, get some things, uh, you know, dialed in with the trainer. Uh, any, again, remember at the base level, any stimulus, like we, we have to, any process of change has to start with a stimulus. I mentioned that I am doing a detox right now. And the, the difference here is my detox is still 3000 calories right now. I'm eating 3000 calories a day. The change in stimulus is actually the food quality because just like most people over the past month, and, and I'll be honest for me, it's been over the past probably three to six months. Um, I haven't tracked anything in my fitness pal. My food quality has not been the best. I've been traveling a lot. I haven't, I've been crazy with, I, you know, I run a business and I have to try to keep things in order as best as I can. And, you know, I would consider my lifestyle like relatively higher stress um, and, and things happen. So for me, the stimulus is the quality 
And getting back to like when I when I'm focused mostly on food quality, think about the stimulus. Think about the the stimuli that occur. Really, it's uh, you know reduction in inflammation, in stress. It's also again making sure that I'm eating enough. Uh, it's making sure that the digestive process is moving the way that it should. Uh, it's making sure that I'm absorbing the nutrients that I'm that I should. So all of these things are a product of not changing really much of anything other than food quality, which is a massive stimulus. And I think something that's often overlooked, like we think it's all about the numbers game. We love to look at the macro equation. We love to look at how much we're eating, but we, we fail to realize that there's so much we can improve by food quality. And by the way, that's, that's really a big reason why I started pushing the um, Organifi green juice, because I wanted to get in the habit of having that greens drink as kind of that catalyst to spark my day and to be like, all right, if I'm going to start with getting a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of servings of veggies in to start my day, like that's going to set the tone. I'm a believer in building momentum. So that was really like why I started um, utilizing that for myself. I've been using Organifi for a while, but getting back into the habit of daily greens and then also um, on the back end is doing their gold juice at night. Again, it's like if I can bookend my day, with some quality habits that I know aren't necessarily going to make like huge immediate changes, but they kind of set the tone for starting and ending your day on a positive. Um, and, and you guys know, we have you hooked up with the Organifi um, discount. So you can always just go to Organifi.com slash pop We've got 20% off everything on their site. I'm a big believer in, in their stuff, like only the best ingredients. They definitely have done it right when it comes to the formulations that they use, what they put in their greens, um, in their gold juice, the harmony we use sometimes just for a little extra hormonal support, um, the digestive, um, they, they have like a little powder. We don't even put that in water. Like we'll just take it. Uh, I know Mel recently has been having some digestive issues. She's been using, I think it's called balance, uh, great product. So go to organifi.com slash pop fam, use code pop fam at checkout. If you want 20% off again, for me, it's just kind of getting in the, in the habit of quality and not really trying to um, be so hyper-focused on, on, on quantity. They both matter. I would say they matter equally, but this is something like kind of a low hanging fruit that most people can, can take advantage of. So as we start to get into the conversation about your, um, about losing fat, the stimulus of losing fat, and how do we combine these things? How do we do these things together? Which is what everybody wants to know. It's really straightforward. Again, we like to start with the most basic, simplest answer. So I would start with both quality and quantity. What are the types of foods that you're eating and how much are you eating? And if we can start there, typically, if we start with quality, I'm a believer. This may not, you know, take it with a grain of salt. This is just my belief. My belief is that if we start with quality, the quantity tends to take care of itself, or it becomes a lot easier to manage. I think that too often people just force themselves to eat less, and they don't realize that they're just trying to uh, make things more difficult than they need to be. If you're immediately just your, your go-to method is slashing calories. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to suck it up and white knuckle my way through it. We know that doesn't work. We have clear evidence and statistics that that doesn't work. Simply eating less, 
and hoping that you can be more disciplined and hoping that you can just battle your way through it and fight off hunger and fight off fatigue. It doesn't work. Your body is really smart. Your body wants homeostatic balance. Your body will fight to get that balance and it will do whatever it needs to, to make that happen. So you might be able to last a little while, but eventually you will lose that battle. So I like to start with, let's look at quality. Yes, we also have to assess quantity. Um, and then, yes, we, we know that the stimulus is an energy deficit. There's less energy coming in, but we have to be smart about this. We can't push too aggressively. Now, I've talked about the, the optimal rate of adaption. When you look at any complex system, the optimal rate of adaption is almost unnoticeable. When you feel something, you're not feeling the system work. You're feeling the side effect. And this is something that everybody should understand. When you are feeling something from a complex system and you're pushing too much and you're feeling the side of, you're feeling the side effects, you're not feeling the system work. So let's use coffee as an example. Um, when you take in enough coffee to get the job done, you shouldn't feel jittery. You shouldn't feel that. Like for coffee to be effective and you know it plays on your adenosine receptors and has an impact on your sleep cycle. You shouldn't actually feel that. Once you get to the point of being like crazy jittery and hyper, that's the side effect. That's not the effectiveness of coffee. That's the side effect of coffee. When you try to eat less calories and you start to feel fatigue and your sex drive plummets and you, you're cranky as fuck, those are the side effects. That's not the system. That's not the, uh, the system working efficiently. That's the side effect of pushing too much. Just like, like being jittery is the side effect of too much caffeine. It's not the efficient system working the way that it should. And I think we, we misunderstand that a lot. The, the feeling of intense cravings of um, you know, binge eating episodes of moodiness, of being tired all the time, your hair falling out, you know, skin issues, digestive issues, those are side effects. That means that we've excelled past the optimal rate of adaption. So I think too many people um, play the, the slash calories card way too often and way too intensely. If you're going to focus on, on improving body composition, basically do everything with the assumption that your goal is to build muscle and don't eat in a surplus. Literally, that's it. That's like when I talk about, let's start with the basic. Let's start at the bottom of the pyramid. Eat and train like you are trying to build muscle. Prioritizing recovery, taking stress off your system, getting in daily movement, focusing on food quality, and then don't eat in a surplus. Because if you eat in a surplus, then you are trying to build muscle. But I'm assuming for this conversation, we're talking about recomp. We're talking about losing body fat while building muscle. So we have to understand how change actually happens, how we facilitate that change. We need the stimulus. We need to actually challenge ourselves. We need the recovery to adapt to that stimulus, which is why we can't simply slash calories, which is why when you go to the gym and you don't lift heavy, you don't challenge your muscles, you're not going to see a change in your body composition. Um, Mel and I see this, this in, there's a certain, um, woman that goes to the gym that we go to, we typically go at the same time. And we've seen her there for, I don't know, years at this point. 
And she does the same workouts every single day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I hope that she is beyond happy and loves the workouts that she's doing. But the actual training that she's doing will never be enough to stimulate change. And maybe she doesn't want that, which is cool. Everybody has their own right to their own goals. So I'm not making assumptions here. I'm just stating a fact. She goes in and she does a workout where she's not challenging her muscles. And if she did, hypothetically, if she did have a goal of body composition improvements, it would be very simple for her to actually change the stimulus to create and facilitate change if that's what she wanted. But we see this, the same woman, she does the same exact workouts. Um, the point to that is you have to challenge your muscles if you want them to grow. If you don't, that's cool. But if you want to accomplish body recomp, my belief is let's start with assuming we're trying to build muscle. So we're going to lift like we're trying to build muscle. We're going to recover like we're trying to build muscle. We're going to prioritize food quality because nutrient absorption is important in the muscle building process and the recovery process and the stress management process. We're going to take care of all of those things. And then we're just not going to eat in a surplus. It's, it's really not that complicated. The complicated part is it takes a long ass time. And most people are way too impatient to allow this process to unfold. Most people are like, great, I'm going to recomp my body this month. I'm like, yeah, try this year or try maybe two years because the recomp process is really slow. You're trying to adapt to two different stimuli that often don't work synergistically. Like, let's be honest, to build muscle, you need a lot of energy coming in to fuel your performance and your recovery and taking stress off your system. And to lose body fat, you typically need less energy coming in. So that's why I say, let's pretend like we're going down the muscle building path, but not eating a surplus, maybe right below maintenance or at maintenance. And then you got to be really patient. And that's the part where not everybody has, has the time preference to be able to accomplish that goal. In fact, most people don't. Um, so as we uh, kind of wrap things up here, we do have, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's talking about their goals. And uh, one thing that I wanted to accomplish was, was getting some other um, brands on board for the podcast that I could confidently let you guys know about and hook you guys up. So, you know, we've all got goals in 2022, and that was one of mine. Um, the company that I partnered with, I mentioned it a while ago. Now we have an official partnership, which I'm super excited about. Um, but their resolution for everybody is that you all keep your private parts nice and clean and shiny, specifically men. Um, the company is Manscaped. And uh, I'm telling you, this is the best gift that you can give. If you're trying to shop for like your boyfriend, husband, whoever. So with Manscaped, they, they basically do like grooming for your balls, but they also have an amazing uh, line of products. Like I use their body wash, their shampoo, conditioner. Um, they have like a lip balm and stuff. They have amazing products. But uh, my sister was like, I don't know what to get. It was holiday season. She's like, I don't know what to get for my fiance. And then I also have to get a gift for my fiance's brother. And then I also have to get a gift for um, my fiance's friend. Like she had three men in her life that she had no clue what to get them. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Get them manscaped. And so she went to manscaped.com. She used my promo code POPFAM. 
um, which got 20% off free shipping. Um, and she did three little like packages where it's like the, the grooming package, they have a performance package. Um, and she did three of them and she literally got the best feedback ever. They were like, Oh my God, where has this been? Um, that was my feeling when I first tried Manscaped. My first thought was like, where has this been? Because as men, it's really complicated to try and keep things like neat and tidy down there. Um, it's just awkward and trying to, to navigate. Uh, it, it's you and, and it's a very risky place to not be focused and to not have the best technology. So I was excited when Manscaped um, talked to me, uh, hooked me up with the product. And I was like, this, we need to get this into the hands and, of more people. So if you do the shopping for the men in your life, go to manscaped.com, insert code POPFAM at checkout, get 20% off plus free shipping. If it's for you yourself um, and you, you need to take care of business down there, I'm telling you, this will change your life. It makes things so easy. Um, it is really like, I'm, I'm saying it cut down. It saved me probably about 15 to 20 minutes, but it may not seem like a, a big deal, but per shave, that's absolutely a lot of time that, that I got back just because of how good their products are. And like I said, then I, and I started using their body wash. I started using their shampoo, conditioner, lip balm. So just go to manscaped.com, see what they've got. Use code, code POPFAM. Um, I know that we're just on the other side of like gift giving, but I'm telling you, plan ahead, get this for somebody, it, husband, boyfriend, they will thank you profusely. You will be the hero. I am telling you, I've never steered you wrong yet. And this will be no different. So I'm super excited for this partnership because again, I only recommend products that I use personally. So now you get to hear about my personal experience with shaving my balls. So I, I know that that's really why you guys are here and what you wanted to hear about. Um, anyway, so Hopefully this, this was all helpful in terms of breaking down the process of building muscle, losing body fat, um, and then exactly what that looks like when we try to do those things simultaneously. I always love to hear feedback. So if you guys want to hit me up on Instagram, it's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Let me know what you think of the episode or anything that you want to hear on the show. I am all ears. Uh, some great guests that have already been recorded and some guests that are coming up. I just released the episode with um, Cassidy Dixon. Highly recommend you go listen to that. All about infertility, IVF, really powerful conversation. I have an episode coming up with Christy Campbell, which was one of my favorite conversations. Like We really went deep on um, understanding change and, and how that really happens and just some, some like practical takeaways. Uh, then I also had a conversation with Aaron Straker who is a badass and a beast when it comes to looking shredded and, and really staying lifestyle lean. What I like about Aaron is he uses a, a lot of objectivity in his approach and, and it really became clear uh, how he's able to just make things uh, very tangible. It was, it was very like objective decision-making, which, which I'm a big fan of. And then I've got some, some other guests lined up that you guys will hear about very soon. So this is going to be a fun year. Um, go, go register for the challenge, neurotypechallenge.com, and I will talk to you guys very soon.